Thank you for tuning into the Notice Podcast, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hoekstra, your host. The Notice Podcast explores our need to be noticed through biblical musings and conversations with special guests, experience relevant topics, and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, how many hours a day are you in front of a screen? Do you have trouble pulling yourself away from your phone? Listen into this episode where we discuss the good, bad, and ugly surrounding technology and how we can take notice of God while being in front of a screen. Yesterday, I worked for eight hours. Four hours were in Zoom meetings with real people. The other four were was doing follow-up work on the computer. Then I had dinner with my husband where we spent an hour looking at potential houses on the computer. Then we went to small group where guess what? We watched a video which meant another hour in front of a screen. And of course, there were the many times I checked my phone for emails and social media. So out of waking hours, I spent 11 hours today, yes friends, 11 hours behind a screen. And if you subtract the sleeping hours, that's about 75% of my day in front of a screen. What about you? How many hours do you spend in front of a screen? I know this is our lifestyle these days, and COVID sure hasn't helped because now we even visit friends and family via a screen. But that's not to say that being in front of a screen is all bad. I'm sure we can all agree that smartphones and computers are excellent tools. They enable us to communicate quickly and efficiently with our friends, family, and work colleagues. And I personally love not having to worry about getting directions from someone. We can use them for educational purposes through books, videos, and programs that enrich, teach, and edify. We can even track our exercise and food consumption for the sake of our health. We can catalog our home library, learn Spanish, store and retrieve notes, and maintain a blog. We can take pictures and record videos. We can listen to music, podcasts, Bible apps, and sermons. And we can do each of these things with the ease of simply touching a few buttons on a screen. Amazing. Christians should be thankful to God for these good gifts, and I am. But I'm also concerned. See, these devices, they distract us. If we're not careful, they can keep us from our responsibilities, overstimulate us, open doors to pornography, and drown us in frivolous entertainment. One way too much technology hurts us is when we turn to it to avoid our responsibilities. When faced with a difficult chore, project, or even conversation, we all know how easy it is to turn to our phone, maybe harmlessly play a game, check social media, or watch a video, which only carries us away from our tasks and troubles. 
We can also turn to our phones to stimulate us. Studies have shown that the average age when children are exposed to pornography on the internet is now eight years old. Friends, if an eight-year-old can access it, you know adults can. And let's not kid ourselves. There are a lot of sites out there that we wouldn't characterize to others as porn, but they still encourage lust at varying degrees. And what about binge watching? Although it seems innocent enough, binge watching can be a form of escapism, much like drugs or alcohol. I don't want to get too carried away here. Escapism tends to carry this negative connotation with it, assuming people who seek a break from their standard reality are being irresponsible and avoiding real life. Temporarily escaping to enjoy a momentary mental break from an aspect of daily life isn't always a bad thing. There are many concerns that we have to deal with on a daily basis. Working, running errands, enduring health issues, taking care of family. When we take a rest and indulge in some form of entertainment or recreational activity, such as watching a movie, going on a hike, reading, or playing a game, we are mentally escaping from the pressure that comes along with those things. It is healthy to have a balanced rhythm of work and rest. Both of these things are encouraged and throughout the Bible. It's all about balance, right? I love what Psalm 127.2 says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. So how are you sleeping these days? Like most lust patterns, overindulgence is when the negative comes. Only you and God can determine your motives and how you spend your day. For example, you might ignore negative thoughts or unpleasant realities by distracting yourself from them. One of the biggest ways we distract ourselves is through fantasy. This is where we let our mind wander on what we wish life would be like instead of what is. The danger with fantasy is that it can lead us towards discontentment. Escapism can also manifest itself in indulgence in all kinds of material things, such as food, sports, drugs, and sex. Escapism in this regard can become unhealthy because it may become rooted in the desire to live in fantasy rather than reality. Avoidance is typically the motive behind classic escapism because it is a more intentional attempt to forget and avoid truly difficult reality rather than making an effort to change it for the better or turning to God. If someone lives a life of escapism for too long, it may become nearly impossible for them to face the reality and make a change. Escapism can be a really harmful thing if the method of escape is inherently harmful, such as using drugs or alcohol. I love what Max Frisch said in the 1960s. He said, technology, the knack of so arranging the world that we don't have to experience it. Not only can escapism entice us to run from our responsibilities and the hardships of the world, escapism can be a form of laziness. Shirking responsibilities or procrastinating can affect relationships or work life. When we try to escape from not only our responsibilities, but the hardships of the world, we are in danger of becoming lazy. All kinds of excuses come into play, but rarely do we want to admit it's our relationship with technology. 
Luke 16.10 tells us, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Proverbs 10.4 reminds us, Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. So friends, avoiding a problem through escapism doesn't really make the problem go away. It just keeps us from tending to it. And that's what concerns me. Yes, the fantasy world is the world we create, but could we be isolating ourselves to avoid the realities of life? Michael Rich, director of the Center on Media and Child Health at Boston Children's Hospital, says, it's not how long we're using screens that really matters. It's how we're using them and what's happening in our brains in response. You see, the growing human brain is constantly building neural connections while pruning away less used ones, and digital media use plays an active role in that process. Much of what happens on the screen provides impoverished stimulation of the developing brain compared to reality, he says. This is why children need a diverse menu of online and offline experiences, including the chance to let their minds wander. See, boredom is a space in which creativity and imagination happen, he says. But it's not just the negative realities of life we may be missing. We may be missing processing the good things too. And those good things need time to process and for us to digest in order for us to be creative. So what in life are you avoiding? Do you give yourself enough process time without turning to the phone to fill gap times? Well, remember friends, the theme of this podcast is to take notice. Take notice of what God is doing Take notice of what your neighbor's needs may be or what God is doing in the life of another. If we're isolating ourselves or avoiding these realities, we may miss taking notice of what God is doing right before us. We may not have enough time to pray, to process, to prepare. I admit, I'm struggling with it too. I get caught up in it, especially when COVID was at its peak and we had to quarantine. At first, you know, I was okay with being isolated. As an introvert, I do gain energy from being alone. But being alone made it more difficult when I did have conversations. It was like an anxiousness appeared. And I saw more and more of my friends and family isolating too. Is isolation another form of escapism? As most of my listeners know, I like to process, to think out loud, to ponder, to take notice. Sometimes we choose not to think about things because we don't want to face certain things about ourselves. And let's face it, it's easier to avoid self-awareness because we might find we're lying to ourselves. Psalms 119.29 states, Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. Now, I know none of us want to admit that we lie to ourselves, But this is exactly what deception is. I didn't think I had a problem with technology until I started to keep records of how much I was in front of the screen for this podcast. I had to admit that if I wasn't careful, my connection with my phone could get out of hand. If loved ones in your life notice you're too much with your phone, take notice. 
If you're feeling especially anxious, maybe you're avoiding responsibilities. What is probably most devastating about these habits is that when we look to our phones to provide the mental comfort and strength, we're actually avoiding going to Christ and what he can provide. That means we're putting something else before God. Friends, I know this is a strong word, but isn't that idolatry? If we are unable to keep ourselves from looking at our phones every few minutes or having to look at our phones when we're interacting with someone, are we in the throes of phone addiction? Over time, addiction may fragment our minds, numb our hearts, and render us insensitive to spiritual realities because we have replaced God with an idol. That's not all. In an article written by Chad Meeks in Christianity Today, numerous studies show that smartphones and screen time are also changing the way we think by hijacking our attention. Most of us have felt that persistent, mysterious draw to check email in the middle of a conversation, look at our Facebook feed at the dinner table, or read over messages that we wait as a stoplight. How much is too much? Kathleen Lorenz, MD, says, Prolonged use of watching TV, video games, scrolling through social media, all of that use acts like a digital drug for our brain. This is because screen use releases dopamine in the brain, which can negatively affect impulse control. Dopamine is a type of neurotransmitter. Your body makes it and your nervous system uses it to send messages between nerve cells. That's why it's sometimes called a chemical messenger. Dopamine plays a role in how we feel pleasure. It's a big part of our unique human ability to think and plan. Dr. Lorenz says studies have shown screen time affects the frontal cortex of the brain, similar to the effects of cocaine. So that means that similar to drugs and other stimulants, screen time sets off a pleasure reward cycle that can have a negative impact on our life. Like any stimulant, it can keep us awake and affect our sleep cycle. Friends, this is serious stuff. And if that's not enough, according to Psychology Today, another one of the fundamental consequences that a large amount of screen time has on adults is a restructuring of the matter that makes up your brain, specifically atrophy in the gray area where processing occurs, and compromised white matter translate into the loss of communication within various areas of the brain, such as the cognitive and emotional brain centers. It affects our attention span, our brains, our relationship, and our spiritual life, and it can become addictive. It appears like most areas of our life, I guess balance is key. Perhaps one way to start is to become more self-aware. So over Lent, I'm keeping track of how often I am in front of a screen. How much of it is necessary? How much am I avoiding things? How much am I just filling in gaps of time or wanting stimulation instead of processing time? I am tempted to stop looking at my phone for at least an hour before bed. Why? To take notice. To notice how technology may be impacting my sleep life. To notice how much I really depend on my phone. But mostly, I don't want to miss out on taking notice of what God is doing in my life because I'm too busy going through reels on my phone. We all need processing time to filter and digest what God may be wanting to tell us. 
What if instead of turning to our phones, we surround ourselves with nature? Being outside allows us the opportunity to connect with all of our senses, eyes, ears, touch, smell, and taste. There's an author who said, there's no Wi-Fi in the forest, but you'll find a better connection. As you evaluate your screen life, I pray that God will reveal to you what changes you need to make. May it help you take notice. The verse that kept coming to mind when thinking about this episode was Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, which states, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of their time because the days are evil. You know, aside from the dangers of too much screen time, we need to consider carefully how to be good stewards of our time. Should we continue to use our time in the same way that we have been using it all along when we know that Christ's coming is getting nearer and nearer? Should we not rather treat time now as a precious commodity and make every day, every hour, and every moment count for the Lord? Well, that's just one of the many reasons I do this podcast. Preparing and editing episode keeps me in the Word. It makes me eager to be in touch with the Holy Spirit so I can authentically share with all of you. I treasure the time I spend with my guests, and I trust that listeners are taking more and more notice of God in their everyday lives. For me, that is time well spent. I hope you too have chosen to serve others with your time. So I thank you again for listening, and be sure to share this episode with a friend. You can also visit my website at susankhookstra.com for information about one-on-one opportunities, music, and other podcast episodes, along with information on my book. If you feel so inclined, you can also click on the Give tab and help me keep these podcasts going. As always, I appreciate your support. Until next time... Oh